In a moment, Gareth Jones on speed. But first the weather with Flavio Briatore. Uh, with the possibility of the rain, it was physically also driving very, very unlucky, very bad for me. I mean, this uh, precipitation, also a little bit of uh, spits and spots in, in the afternoon. Uh, maybe it's good for, good for everybody in Formula One. The weather with Flavio Briatore. In this edition of Gareth Jones on Speed, we do a lap of Shanghai's F1 circuit in a Lotus 79. How to turn an 80 sports car into a musical soundtrack? That's the electric remote unlocking for the boot. <laughs> I know it now, you've said it. And a crash course in conversational motorsport Italian. Le macchine italiane non si rompero, si fermano per essere ammirate. Italian cars do not break down, they stop to be admired. All this and more in today's Gareth Jones on Speed. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones. Joining me in the studio as ever. Uh, studio, it's, it's actually our living room, isn't it? So. Yeah, well, it's a studio. With, there's a recording going on. It's a studio. Uh, the first thing we, we usually do in, in the show is, is look at the most recent Formula One race, uh, which means today's race at Monza. Yeah, and what an exciting race it was, particularly towards the end with uh, Montoya's tyre going off. Oh, it, it, I, the best races are where there's a sense of jeopardy. And if you saw the race, you'll know that um, the sense of jeopardy was, you know, are both McLarens going to lose their tyre? Tires and they start delaminating, and, uh, and would that just prevent Kimi from getting close to Alonso? So we really are playing for the championship now, aren't we? Yeah, and McLaren really needed uh, a one-two here to uh, help Kimi's chances. It was a busy race. There were some really wild and daft moments in it as well. My favourite was uh, Sato in the pits. With that run down the pits, right, you could tell that the pit lane speed limiters both set well correctly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, half a mile an hour below, below the speed limit. Yeah. I, I, I reckon though it was a game of chicken as they approach that white line where you can press the button to release your pit lane speed limiter they were itchy fingers yeah you think? a game yeah. of chicken who's going to go first Sato or Weber and I think they both went at the same time and full marks to them because uh, you know they could have come a cropper for that but they raced beautifully yeah I mean personally my, my favourite moment was, was seeing both Fisichella and Montoya on the podium I'm a big fan of both drivers wonderful to see that but, um, but where was but Jensen Button Zog where was he well he terrible finish from really considering the form has been shown for the rest of the season BAR just obviously can't make that car work at that circuit maybe you know high downforce configurations the car is good low downforce it's not so good by the looks of it so how are they going to do at Spa next time round probably rather better because there's a lot less of the circuit where you're flat out there's there is more there's more twisty stuff at Spa so I think I think they'll be doing better there it's looking increasingly like it is Alonso's world championship but not a constructors championship for Renault. No, that does look it's like it's going to be McLaren this year. The way they're finishing, um, the speed they've got, it's got to be. Yeah, look at the points. Uh, Fernando Alonso, uh, 103 points to Kimi Raikkonen's 76. So there's a 27 point difference there. Going to be difficult to make up in four races, isn't it? And uh, in the championship, uh, the constructors championship, Renault are at uh, 144 points. McLaren Mercedes at 136. 
So that really, it could go either way. It could, but I fancy McLaren to uh, to have a bigger points haul in the next four races than, than Renault. Uh, I think they're going to do it. Learn to speak motorsport Italian. Lesson one. Fratelli d'Italia, d'Italia, se testa, delemo, discipio, se sinta la testa. Michael Schumacher era molto avanti. Era colpa degli altri corridori. Michael Schumacher was well ahead. It was the other driver's fault. And there'll be plenty more useful motorsport Italian phrases throughout today's edition of Gareth Jones on Speed. Yano Trilli, Crispy Norbers, Rumens Balakello, Felice Bassa, David Coulthard. I miss Damon Hill. Fratelli d'Italia, d'Italia, Learn to speak motorsport Italian. Lesson 2. Per finire primo a Monza, non dovresti essere finese. In order to finish first at Monza, first you must not be Finnish. What you're listening to now is a piece of music that was created by Zog for a film that we made about the running of the 2004 Le Mans 24-hour race. It's an ethereal piece with a gentle ambience, but it has a real petrol head connection. Zog, explain what the significance of what I've just said is about your piece of music. Every single sound on this has been made from a car noise. What I mean by that is that in order to make each of the instrument sounds, I took uh, a sample from the car in which we drove to Le Mans, my 944 Turbo, and edited, twisted, bent, just, you know, messed about with, tweaked, and generally, generally played with each of those samples until it turned into a proper instrument sound. So, so the raw material is stuff like this. Now, I recognise that. That sounded like your um, your electric front windows in, in your car. That is, in fact, the electric windows in the car. Quite correct. Let's hear it again. So it sounds like that, or like that, or... Uh, what was that? Um, that's the sound of the electric remote unlocking for the boot. <laughs> I, I know it now you've yeah. said it. Recorded from the passenger seat. Exactly. Yes. Uh, no, I, th- I think I just stuck the mic in the boot to do that. Um, uh, yeah, no, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. It wouldn't be loud enough in the front. What was that? That's no, that's the, the that, that's the sunroof. So once you've got a bunch of samples that you recorded from your car, how did you turn those into what clearly sounds like sort of musical notes? Can you explain in simple terms for someone like me who doesn't speak MIDI like you? Basically, uh, you need a sampler. Um, I used a, uh, a Yamaha sampler that I've uh, had for quite a few years. A very typical small studio sampler, if you like. Okay, so here's the original sound which doesn't really sound very musical or useful at all. So what I did was, first of all, to put a loop on the sound. I see, so you've extended 
that sound now, so it's become a, a note with a decay. Exactly. You've got something that can be the basis for a sustained sound rather than just, mm. you know, a one-off. Next, I raised it in pitch. Starting to sound like a Casio keyboard. Exa- yeah, it sounds like a very, very cheap electric organ, isn't it? Yeah, so let's make it sound a little bit classier. We'll put a filter on it. Rounding off a lot of those high frequencies. Starting to recognise it as, as the sound in the piece now. Uh, then we'll, we'll, put a, we'll slow down the attack of the sound so it doesn't come on so quickly. So what I've done there is to put a volume envelope on the sound so that it comes in gently rather than coming in hard, as the original sound did. Um, And also to put an envelope on the filter so that it kind of goes a little bit rather rather than being kind of flat in tone. And it it becomes organic and characterful. Yeah, it kind of grows, you know, rather than being a flat sound. And then then if we feed it into some effects, just like a, a chorus and a bit of flanger and a little bit of delay, it gets spacier and richer and it comes out like this sounds like early Ultravox to me, which is no bad thing. Early Ultravox. Bit of Billy Curry. Yeah, yeah a bit of yeah, Billy Curry. Yeah, ARP Odyssey. And you really stuff. got all that out of a Porsche 944 Turbo and a, a Yamaha, what is it, an S9? Uh, a3, A3000. A3000 sample. Yeah, that's right. If we take that sound uh, and, and play a few notes together, it sounds like this. trigger those sounds with a keyboard? Were you actually playing this on a keyboard then? Yeah. You're the only person I know who's managed to play a maroon Porsche 944 on a keyboard. That's that's some kind of achievement. Just tell me again about some of the other things that you sampled uh, to achieve all the other sounds that we're, we're, we'll, we'll hear in the background of the piece. It's actually a relatively simple arrangement because, you know, as you know, it was to go behind moving image. Uh, so there's narration going on, there's dialogue, and there's, there's action happening on screen. So, you know, it... it uh, so it's a background sort of fairly simple thing, but the sounds in there are you know as well as that sort of washy sweepy sound. There's a uh, there's a little blippy thing that goes like this, and that little sound comes from it's the electric uh, sunroof motor turned into something. Um, <laughs> didn't you the, didn't you tap a manifold as well or something? Well, that, that's where the kick drum comes from. That that's where this comes from. <laughs> the kick drum. <laughs> That's you tapping your your exhaust manifold. I, or I, I think I think that's the manifold. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, that's kind of down tuned quite a long way. And uh, again, a bit of filtering, and you get you know a nice, a nice little clonk. That's amazing. Put it all together, and it goes like this.
Yeah, so that's how you make a 944 sound like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know um, that this was done for a very specific reason, but it's something that you've been working on before. You're interested in creating sounds from cars, and you, you've got another project in mind, haven't you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm actually trying to get hold of uh, an old Bugatti to sample. I, I, I really want to make some music from a Bugatti. What, uh, any Bugatti? Type 35 would be perfect, but, you know, I love, I'm not that fussy. I, I wouldn't be so interested in, EB, in, in an EB110, to be honest. It's got to be an old one. Right. An, an old Alpha would be interesting as well. But, an old uh, Alpha? Yeah, but particularly Bugatti. I like the engines are so beautiful to look at as well. I like the idea of kind of extending the appeal to the senses of a Bugatti engine beyond just the visual and the way it sounds on the track. Zog, my friend, you are either a complete genius or one of the most deranged individuals I've ever known. Uh, and I think the truth is probably well, somewhere in between I th- the two. I think it's a compliment either way. So, <laughs> okay. um, I shall look forward to hearing some more music. And if anyone out there has got an old Alpha or a Bugatti that they'd like um, Zog to sample, uh, you know where to oh, find yeah. us. Yeah, drops a line. On speed at garethjones.tv. And I promise you we'll be featuring more of Zog's car music in future episodes of this show. Learn to speak motorsport Italian. Lesson 3. Sì che sono contento con la scelta di Massa, ma sarei stato più contento con Kimi o Fernando. Of course I am happy with the choice of Massa, but I would have been happier with Kimi or Fernando. Gareth Jones on I'm thrilled to say that we've actually received some mail from our first broadcast of Gareth Jones on Speed. Um, you can verify that, Zog. And we, 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 we have. It's very rewarding to see them coming to the inbox. I mean, we got almost a dozen. Eleven. Yeah, that's almost, that, that's almost a dozen. <laughs> but the, I have to say, the quality of the mail was phenomenal. I mean, it, well, you know, I would expect us to have very, you know, intelligent, discerning listeners with a bit of a thing about cars, actually. Yeah, if you can work out how to listen to this show on your iPod, right, you've got to be intelligent. That's oh, what yeah, I reckon. So, uh, the first mail comes from uh, Michael McAnally. Dear Gareth on Talk, loving Gareth Jones on speed. Well done. I particularly like the Michael Schumacher song. That was a popular one. <laughs> You're not the first person to say they like that. And the interview with the Marshal from Silverstone. Uh, do you think that he does it for the social life? I reckon he mentioned it at least six times during the interview. That's right, we did a count. Yeah, yeah I just saw you spending a few minutes there just che- and Well, what's the count? Well, well, the count is there were in fact six mentions of the social life in 20 seconds. And if you uh, don't remember it, here it is again. Right, now, surely the only thing more boring than an F1 race is marshalling at an F1 race. Why do you do it? Um, it's the social life as well. The social life is fantastic. Um, people say it's boring, it ain't. You come here, you, you're this side of the fence, whereas the public are that side of the fence. You get closer to the motor racing than, than anybody else can unless you're doing it yourself. And the social life, you have a, we have a great social life. We're here for four nights. Social life is great. This, it's the motor racing as well, and it, it's just great. We marshal all year round up here, you know, we have various circuits, but it's the social life as well. So there you go, marshalling, a lot of fun, and great social life. Great, so it's the social it's, life. It's the social did life. I mention the social life? You did, but it's worth mentioning the social life as well. <laughs> Now, what, what you probably don't realise is that is, in fact, an edited version of the interview that we did. And I think in the, in the, the original Rush's version, there were over 300 mentions yeah. of the social life of a Marshall. I think it was. 307. That's right. Do you think it's the social life he does it for? The social life. OK, we've done that, gang. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Zog, this one for you, I think, right? Dear on speed, uh, which would you rather have? Uh, Kathy Burke in a McLaren SLR? Or Caprice 
in a Capri. Neil Howard, Manchester. So, Kathy Burke in a McLaren SLR or Caprice in a Capri. <sighs> Thanks, Neil. Hard one, that. That's a toughie. Uh, oh, it depends which model Capri we're talking. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, OK. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, if it was the professionals one, I think I could go for that. Right, so uh, Caprice in a, a 1.6L, no. No, or Capri- uh, uh, Caprice in, in, in my old two-litre Capri, no. I didn't know you had a Capri. You remember the, the, the no. one with the, the, the custom paint job? The, yeah, Capri. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. actually fairly waiting to happen, but uh, there we go. Uh, my favourite uh, Capri nomenclature was the... Um, the Ford Capri 3000 GTXLR, it was called. Ooh. I think that was the Capri 1, not the Capri 2. But to answer the question, if it was Caprice in a Capri, was it the 280, which was the last one they did? Yep, the 2.8 injected engine. Yeah. Yep. Or the Brooklyn Special Edition they did. Yeah. Yep. Or the Tickford Capri, it would definitely be Caprice. There you go, with the right Capri, it's Caprice. Thanks for that, Neil. Uh, and here's another one. Gee, Gareth and Zog. I, this is good that you get a mention as much as me, even though it's called Gareth I, Jones on speed. It should be Gareth Jones and Zog on speed. Oh, Gareth Jones on speed. It just, just trips off the tongue better. <laughs> You're a good mate. With the launch of A1GP coming up soon, do you think that it's going to be an exciting series worth following, or a bit of a sorry substitute for F1 in the off-season? Dogger. Dogger. Uh, is that a place or person? Uh, well, if we get a mail from German Bite next week, we know it was a place, <laughs> right? Failing that, it's Dogger. Dogger, do we like A1GP? You tell them, so. Well, this is an interesting question because, uh, well, personally, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. But, Gareth, you're going to have a bit more of a, an insight into the series than otherwise. Yes, I am going to be working on A1 Grand Prix. Uh, I should be the pit lane reporter. So uh, we will have access to uh, the drivers and the teams and uh, I should be travelling around the world doing it. And... Uh, we should be recording um, Gareth Jones on speed as we travel. So, uh, yes, I, I personally really do believe in it, and not just because it's going to pay my mortgage for the next six months. I, I really believe in it because I think the spirit of the thing is right, and it's, it's you know, more people watch international football because it's their nation uh, than they watch club football. And I think this is the same. People will watch A1 Grand Prix because it's their country who they might not normally watch an F1 or a Champ Car or a Formula 3000 or a GP2 race. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that is a very interesting aspect of it. I mean, I think a lot of motorsport fans tend to follow drivers. I, I generally follow drivers. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, but as you say, there's this international World Cup angle to it. It's, it's nation racing against nation and you're changing drivers according to their availability so you know so one week you'll have one guy in the car next race there'll be somebody else that's going to make it interesting yeah it's that, that idea that um, uh, America could field Scott Speed part way into the season probably probably not for the early races because he's busy in GP2 mm. but I think if Scott Speed comes into this halfway through the season it will give it quite a boost it's such a great name mm. and uh, there are some good names there's some very good drivers Jos Verstappen's in there Alex Ewing is in there I mean he's not that good but you know he yeah, has steered okay. a Formula 1 he's car okay. he's better than me <laughs> marginally no no and the two British drivers aren't too bad either. Robbie Kerr and Alex Lloyd. I yes. mean, they're both yeah. won in their own right, whether it was the McLaren Autosport Award or uh, British Formula 3. Yeah, I can't wait, mate. Well, you'll be able to tell us a bit more about it when uh, when you start working at, uh, is it next week? In about three weeks. So, well, yeah, next week I've got, I've got a preview and then the first race is uh, at the end of September. Gareth Jones on speed will be there. Learn to speak motorsport Italian. Lesson four. 
Move over and let Rubens through. Per favore. Uh, ma... No. There is no Italian equivalent for this phrase. You're listening to the sound of uh, Monza in the 2005 F1 season, but this isn't the race that you probably saw on TV or heard on the radio today. This is me and Zog playing it on F1 2005 for the PlayStation 2, the PS2. Uh, currently... I'm Alonso, and I'm 20th of 20. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm being Montoya, and I am 16th. Oh, I think, yeah, we're recreating a few race instances that didn't actually have race, <laughs> I think. Uh, I actually, I really oh, like... Dr. Place. I really like the uh, F1 series uh, on the PlayStation. And this new version with all these new driver aids, the green line which shows you the racing line, and a red and yellow line telling you when to brake and accelerate really helps. Yeah. I, I'm not bad at these games, but um, something like that will allow just about anyone to play at any level. Because it gets tough, this game, doesn't it, Zog? You've played it. Yeah, well, I think it's got the balance of, of simulation and, you know, and arcade playableness. Playableness? You know, Playability? I mean. Playability, yeah. <laughs> about right. You know, so it's, it, it's not frustratingly hard to play. Uh, you know, if... If you're after a really so hardcore simulation, it might be a bit too easy, but it's great fun. You've got to uh, feel for them, haven't you? Because uh, oh. the lead time on this game, uh, it takes so long to write a game this huge that uh, things change. And the Brundle and James Allen commentary, you can hear where they've gone back into the studio to re-record the names of drivers that they never expected to find on the grid and the biggest giveaway is the Nick Heidfeld one it just doesn't match listen that must be for Nick Heidfeld I have to say the nice thing about this game is that uh, you can win some nice old F1 cars to race around a circuit and at the end of uh, one race I think I won in Turkey which I really enjoyed driving that's the joy of the new seasons and the new circuit that um, I won a Lotus 79, which I immediately took for a spin round Shanghai, and it sounded great. You can hear how the old Lotus engine just sounds so different to the V10s that we're used to today, and that banging that you get on the overrun. And it's a much more difficult car to drive than today's Formula One cars. It's forgiving initially, but when it, ah, you get sideways, you can hear it screeching, but sometimes it just lets go. Very satisfying. I, I noticed that you were grabbing some of the some of the commentary uh, soundtrack earlier. Yeah, well, you, you, you've you, uh, got full foreign... control over the uh, what commentary and pit radio you hear in the game so what you're right i recorded james allen and martin brundle uh, completely clean with no other effects on and consequently i can now re-edit what they said i can make them say all sorts of things that they never actually said at all such as james uh, there are lots of rumors that some of the drivers uh, in formula one are gay which one would you say was the most obviously gay? It's Michael Schumacher. It is. Michael Schumacher is out, which confirms the rumours. Is, uh, is Schumacher the only gay driver in Formula One, or are there others? Giancarlo Fisichella. Second is Felipe Massa. Felipe Massa. They're getting ready to receive Juan Pablo Montoya. The Sauber team are out. Well, 
Martin Brundle, James Allen, thank you very much indeed. So we are F1 2005. You're going to have a lot of fun abusing the game and a lot of fun just playing it straight. Playing it straight? What, you mean like Michael Schumacher? <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed. Gareth Jones on speed. Gareth Jones on speed. Time now for the part of Gareth Jones on speed we call Carnections. Zog, tell them what Carnections is. Very simple game. We get two cars and we have to find a connection between them. Now, obviously, this can't be something that Zog and I do because it would mean that if we came up with cars then we, we, we could be well prepared on the answers. <laughs> and usually it's uh, my fantastic girlfriend, Violet Berlin, who manages to come up with the, the great cars. But she's not here with us in the studio today. But she is on the end of the phone. Hi, V. Hello there. Where, where are you, Brighton? Yeah, down in Brighton for a birthday party, but I have prepared connections in my absence. So I think you'll find that if one of you, Zog, can you go to the, the toilet and you'll find a oh, Susie car calendar in there and bring it back and I'll explain what you have to do okay. by the two cars, OK? OK, I'll, I'll have a sneaky look at it on the way. Off you go. go no, don't, no cheating, Zog. He's, I, I swear this is absolutely for real, Zog. She's gone to the loo just outside of, the, of our studio, our living room, that is. And uh, that's it. That's the one. He's got it. Got it. Bring it over. Bring it over. That's the cheap and cheesy one I got, Gareth, uh, in January, of course. Yeah. You buy calendars. And what I want you to do is I'm going to direct you to two months of the year. And there will be um, expensive and cheesy cars um, illustrating that month of the year. And they will be your car connections. So there's no way I can know what those cars are and there's no way you can have prepared for this. And your two cars, are you ready? We're ready, yep. Okay, are, um, right, uh, I think July, which is Gareth's birthday month, and February, which is Zog's birthday month. Okay, July is... The Porsche Boxster. Oh, that's good for you because yes. you are a Porsche expert, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm certainly a big fan. Yeah, uh, a July Porsche uh, Boxster. February is Ferrari three four eight Spider. Okay, boys, you got your cards. Now find your card action. Your card starts now. Porsche Boxster and the Ferrari three forty eight Spider. Um, uh, a Boxster. It's got a flat. Uh, Six uh, engine, flat six. The three forty-eight has got a V. It's a, it's a V8. V8. It's not a four flat, litre. V, not three point four litre V8, wasn't it? Um, um, oh, uh, have I have to admit defeat. Some design link there. Uh, uh, mid-engine. They're both mid-engine. Um, both mid-engine. That'll yeah. Okay. It's a yes, bit of an easy yeah, one that though, isn't okay. it? Um, bonnet emblems. Um, bonnet emblems. Bonnet emblems. Both include a prancing horse. It's taken from the. Uh, the coat of arms of the same town in Germany. No! Yes. You're telling me that the prancing horse I'm, is I'm, from a German... Pr- I'm telling you that the, 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 the Ferrari prancing horse uh, comes from the same original source as the prancing horse that you'll see is included in the Porsche logo. And it's the... I think it's from the Stuttgart coat of arms. And there's, a, there's quite a long story as to why it ended up on, uh, uh, on an Italian car, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, uh, Violet, do you accept that solution? I do Anymore, if anyone wants to uh, write in, I guess. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well done, boys. Great. Thank you, Violet. And um, we'll speak to you when you get back. Yeah, speak to you then. Thanks, bye. Bye. So, any ideas, any suggestions for cars for us to connect? Write to onspeed at garethjones.tv.
that's it for this, the second edition of Gareth Jones on Speed. In the next RSS updated version of the show, uh, expect to hear a new game. Have I got old motorsport news for you with a, a celebrity guest on the show? That's what we hope so, isn't it? We hope so. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. Also, we'll be looking at the weird and wonderful world of the F1 diecast model car collector. And with unprecedented access, and we really do mean that, we'll be reporting from the world's first A1 Grand Prix at Brands Hatch. But um, before we go, we like to finish on a piece of music. And so, because you're the resident musician here, um, what have you got for us? We've got the Italian National Anthem, obviously, with the uh, Italian Grand Prix this weekend. And in honour of the late lamented Bob Moog, that's Robert Moog who gave his name to the Moog synthesizer. That's yeah? Dr. Robert Moog, yeah. indeed, inventor of the Mini Moog synthesizer and 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 pioneer of so many things synthetic. Um, it's arranged in the style of Wendy Carlos. Wendy Carlos, who, if um, you've seen the movie Clockwork Orange, you might recognise this music as being a bit like some of the stuff in there. Something of the sort. Although, w- within the limitations of uh, the general MIDI software uh, on a desktop computer, I should point out, rather than with an actual bank of real old Moogs and lovely old Roland modular synthesizers and that kind of Stop stuff. Stop going too techy on this. This I'll is just, a car programme. You hit play. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones. I'm Zog. See you next time. on Speed was a Made in the Living Room production. Gareth Jones sulla velocità è una produzione nel salotto.